beloved, you are listening to Grace Life Komi Podcast, a platform commissioned by God to raise men into completeness in Christ Jesus. We believe that you will be blessed beyond measure as you give yourself wholly to this divinely inspired teaching. Through God's servant Pastor Chimdi Ohahuna. Grace to you. Jesus is Lord. I've been looking at the subject of prayer as prescribed by Jesus using um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 13. And Jesus uh, says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, that they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. We have been able to look at these verses, Amen to Jesus. We have been able to just touch a little on them. Um, uh, so, I'm going to continue with um, today and it says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions. I'm going to be looking at that today by the grace of God. Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard, for they are much speaking. And it goes for that say, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive others, and forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is thy kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Now we've looked at praying as hypocrites, uh, which is a um, show of prayers and um, seeking the attention of the streets of the people and the public. Uh, we've, we've, we've understood um, praying in corners and every of that, and um, every of those kind of prayers, the loud show of prayers, they are actually getting attention of men and getting reward from men, not reward from God. Amen to Jesus. And we understood what our closet is. That's to that secret place and the secret place of the most high. Amen to Jesus. And then the next thing he, he first Jesus first of all starts off by telling us not to pray like the hypocrites. And the next thing tells us the next thing of the pray like. And those are the words at the hiddings. And you see, most of more often than I discover that Christians have fine-tuned our prayers to these two sides of two kinds, these two kinds of prayers. Amen to Jesus. We've taken our time to do the hypocrites and we see that in the church, the larger aspect, that's what we see. Amen to Jesus. Uh, all right. And um, if Jesus says this then, that being said, we are still going to be dealing with it till now. Amen to Jesus. Now we're going to be looking at the um, the um, hidden, the hidden prayer. Amen to Jesus. And it's very, very um, serious an issue because we discover that it's actually eating into the fabrics of the church. And one of the challenges with the hidden prayer is the use of vain repetitions. Vain repetitions. Praise God forevermore. And it's Jesus says clearly here. He says, For the thing that they shall be heard, for they are much speaking. So the emphasis of the of the of the prayer of the hidden is emphasis of speaking so much. Are you get what I'm saying? Speaking so much. You know, um, um we must understand something um, that um, one of the signs of fear, especially when one is in need, is talking too much and talking repeatedly. 
That's one of the signs of fear. Amen to Jesus. Um, as a talker, um, I still talk. Amen to Jesus. And I'm talking from experience. When one is in fear, you talk a lot. And before you know, you are you are repeating what you have said. And if you are if you are actually talking with somebody who is more of a listener than a talker, the person will tell you you just said that. You understand know what I'm saying? Since you just said that, you've said that. Now, but it's not because the person just wants to repeat himself, but fear instigates vain repetition. Are you getting what I'm saying? Fear makes you keep reiterating what does not need to be reiterated. Fear makes you keep re-emphasizing what does not need to be re-emphasized. Are you get what I'm saying? And so, when vain repetition comes into prayer, is the proof of the presence of fear in the prayer. And prayer that is not of faith is sin. The Bible says, whatever is not of faith is what? Sin. So if you are praying with fear, you are actually not in the right spring to pray. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. And you just have a fear-driven prayer, a fear-triggered um, 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 prayer, a fear-founded prayer. You are actually not getting the attention of God because the Bible says when we pray in faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? Prayer must be done in faith not in fear amen and um the devil we always threw the arrow of fear to us i was just thinking today and i was like oh many waters have come by and somehow we just see that we come through are you getting what i'm saying yes. you know um i once said the man of god said there is nothing that makes me afraid in life again you see you don't know when people come to that point but if you walk with the lord you always come to that point where there's nothing that make you afraid again it's not just by theory but by experience with God and experience with life, where there's nothing that just works again. You just think that this one to pass, this one to come, this one will come to pass, and this one uh, to be fixed up. Don't worry. You've seen every, and you get what I'm saying. Yes. So most of the time, when what allows us to go through experiences is not just wanting to, to, to stress us or to weaken us, it's actually allowing us to build faith. So that our prayers will be faith-driven, not fear-driven, you know. And um, the same man of God said one day, him and his wife were driving, and I think they wanted to have a head-on collusion with a truck or something like that. And the wife was shouting, Jesus, Jesus, I told that once is enough. I told that once is enough. Why would he say such a thing? Because experiences, are you getting what I'm saying? Experiences, working with the Lord. So, we must as much as possible, ensure that we build our relationship with God based on His Word and based on His doings in our life over the years, so that we don't need to repeat ourselves while praying. And you get what I'm saying? Or we don't need to talk too much. Praise God forevermore. You see, the actual fact is that if I have to stay on one prayer for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, one hour, am I trying to say that God doesn't understand what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? That, I'm trying to say that God does have to reiterate. Jesus said, he said don't pray like the idiots do. The vain repetition I didn't do. They, they think that by their much talking, they make God hear them. And that's the way um, the prophets of Baal were praying to Baal. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> praying the same line over and again. And when Baal was not hearing them, they began to cut themselves because they just, they just felt that it's by, you know, repeating yourself and saying the same thing, talking so much that you can get the attention of your God. That is the purpose of that. 
and Christians also have, have, have taken this ideology that is by talking so much that you can get God's attention. Our words can never get God's attention. Only our faith can get God's attention. It's as simple as that. So if our faith can be as small as a mustard seed, and we can just say, Jesus, if your faith be as small as you can say to this mountain, be removed. I get what I'm saying? Not that not giving you that it shall be done for you. That so so if our faith can be as small as a mustard seed, and we can have so much faith in God that everything we say he hears us, we say it and then we thank him. I get what I'm saying. That's the reason why you know um, um, a woman of God said she wanted to pray for one hour, but yet to say they pray for I'm not against long hours of prayer. I pray, are you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but if you've been following this line of teaching, you will come to understand that these things are based on our relationship with the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? They are based on our relationship with the Lord. It's not based on there, there is there is no about if, if we want to do with prayer, the laying down procedure for the New Testament prayer is pray without ceasing, not pray in the what they call it, the hours of the day, the third hour, the sixth hour, the 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 night hour, the um uh, once again, twelfth hour. The sixteenth, the eighteenth hour, the twenty-fourth hours. No, that, that's see, that's that means that's Old Testament to be entered. But if you have to wait for these hours to pray, that means if something happens between the first hour, the third hour, and the sixth hour, that means no hope. Because God will hear you when you pray in the sixth hour or in the third hour. You know, I hear people say, God, when you wake up at midnight to pray, that, that's when the 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 the, 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 the um. A, a network is clear. The atmosphere is clear. The airwaves are clear. So you mean that God has network congestion? That is a serious issue. Is God nineteen and uh, and the other likes? Are you getting what I'm saying? If you that God has network congestion, that's not that's not a good thing to say. So if I don't wake up at twelve a.m., the network will be congested. That time many people are not praying. So you cannot have good network. You know, in Africa, where many people are not using the network, that's when the network is very good. The hair, you see. Overload network, so we are taking prayer in that light too, and then people have to now use hours to pray and every of that. And so, it means between those hours, God will not hear network is jammed, it's it's out of place. That's a limited understanding of God. Um, even Old Testament is even better than that kind of understanding. I get what I'm saying. The New Testament procedure, um, prescription for prayer is pray without ceasing, no end to prayer, just maintain a consciousness. Of the union between your spirit man and the Holy Spirit, mm. your secret place and the secret place of the Mosai. Maintain that consciousness and then just begin to verbalize whatever they are saying to you. That's all. Keep in consciousness. Keep 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 in, t- in touch with the Lord. That's all. You know, most of the time we want God to touch us, but we don't know that the issue we have is not God touching us. The issue we have is we being in touch with God. Because every time we desire a touch of God, is actually because we have lost touch with God. And so when we get back in touch with God. What we are calling a thought from God is actually we get them back a thought to God. And we just see things work out the way we want them to be praised God forevermore. And then we have to Jesus. Now, so it, 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 it's, it's, these are just some levels of spiritual, um, 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 what do you call it, um, ignorance that has affected us. And you have to repeat yourself, repeat yourself, repeat yourself. As if God did not hear the first time you said, Are you going to say, even you as an individual, when somebody says something the first time, and you say, um, um, pardon me, the person said it the second time, you have heard. If the person now comes the third, fourth, fifth, they say, but I heard you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, so, that 
that fear that the devil has allowed us nurse that means something that is when we took it and took it and took it and see it and see it and see it and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat before God years is a very is is an is a major um, disaster in the place of prayer. That is actually praying in the peak of unbelief and doubt. And fear is what gives way to unbelief and doubt. When you know that your heavenly father loves you, say your heavenly father knows what you need, that Lord says before you even ask. When you know that your heavenly father loves you and he knows what you need before you even ask, it gives you a confidence like if I tell him what once I tell him what is good to go, you know what I'm saying? Because he has what I need. It's as simple as that. Are we together? Not that I am I'm afraid that he may not give me, or I'm afraid that those who have what I need, and so I become doubtful and I begin being unbelief. Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and let him not expect to receive any good thing from the Lord. It's as simple as that. If fear was your basis, your foundation for prayer, and it created doubt and unbelief and double-mindedness in you, from the onset you are afraid, and, and you are afraid that he may or he may not give it to me. No, that's actually says going to prepare. He may or may not give it to me. You see, the will of God, this is the will of God thing is really serious. So, that may not just give you what you're looking for. That's so when you say that the will of God, it's a very serious matter. So, you have already come in, you have, distra- you have destroyed the prayer before you started. You have come in with fear. That's a fear ideology that makes you see that the will of God maybe is God not giving you what you're asking for, you know, uh, and every of that, you know, then it now gives you doubt and unbelief. And then you now come with that scattered mindedness and enter the place of prayer. You know where you are repeating yourself as if you are talking to a deaf God. But our God is not deaf. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now so we've said it that one sign of one of the signs of fear actually is when one is in need is talking too much and repeatedly. This means that fear is what makes people talk too much and make vain repetition in prayer. It's fear that makes them talk too much and make vain repetition what? In prayer. When you are confident in prayer, you say it and you thank God. Are we together? Yes. Now I remember um I prayed for somebody once and after praying for the press, praying for the for, for the for the lady. Some days after the day was like, ah, call to find out if God has done it. And I said, No, I finished praying, and that's what that matters. I'm not going to find out anything. Some days after that, she got and gave her testimony. Praise God forevermore. You see, when we pray. We should trust the God we have prayed to, not ourselves that made the prayer. You see, some of the times our actions show that we are trusting ourselves, not trusting God. When I tell, told God something, I should allow him to do what he wants to do, do it, not trying to help him do it. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so talking too much is, is dangerous in prayer, it's a sign of fear that is speak. Praise God forevermore. Repeating yourself, one line of repetition. Is a sign of what fear at the speak, and you get what I'm saying. And f- the, the, the sign of fear is, is, is secondly, is also a sign of high level of humanity in prayer. Are you get what I'm saying? First, the first, the, the, the first sign is the sign of fear, the second sign is the sign of high level of humanity in prayer. Praise God forevermore. I'm going to be looking at that as we go on now. Um, God does not need our much talking and vain repetition for Him to hear us. Why is that so? Bible tells us in Isaiah 65, verse 24, it says, And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. If he says this, if now we are talking about the Old Testament promise that God is speaking here now. And the New Testament Christians they are still making some blunders that even the Old Testament people are not even meant to be making. Now you get what I'm saying? 
It's heathens that make this kind of mistake. That not even mistake that make this kind that do this kind of thing. This is not even a practice for Old Testament believers. Are you get what I'm saying? It's a practice for hidden brown worshippers. Are we together? Praise God forevermore. It says before the word, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. I will answer. If he says if he call you before you call, you answer. That means by right the call has to come into the phone before you can answer the call. If he says before you call, he will answer. That means it's actually the one who has called you and answered. Yes. <laughs> I get what I'm saying. So we look at it as prayer is us talking to God and telling God what, he, what we need. But the actual fact is that prayer is actually God talking to us and answering us. Mm. Mm. And we don't see this aspect. We don't see it. Before they call, are we what? Answer. Praise God. Since I'm right there, yes, speaking, are we here? What does that mean? You want to say, please give me $10. Before you say please, he already had ten dollars. I hear what I'm saying. He already had it. So he he concludes your prayer before you finish praying. Now, this understanding is to give us the, the, the confidence we need in the place of prayer. That you see, Jesus said your heavenly father knows what you need before you ask. The way you know that this this my father knows what I need is <clears throat> to give you high level confidence in the place of what? Prayer. It should give you it will give you the faith you need to go and pray. And that's why the Bible says we should pray with tasks in why because we have to live Bible says to live in the spirit, therefore walk in the spirit. We have to live in the spirit, we have to live the Bible says the just shall live by faith. We have to live by faith. I hear what I'm saying. You live in by faith, you live in the spirit. So how can you now pray um, um, uh, in um, hours and in and in and in um, some 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 sets in schedules exactly how do you pray in schedules you live by faith you live in the spirit then you pray by schedules no it's not about it's not it's not, it's not done like that <laughs> you know what i'm saying and it's not about making it mess, getting it all messed up you see if you understand this thing you know that you pray on the go you are talking with the lord on the go and you know it's not just it's the beautiful thing about that we are not just one talking he's talking with us and as you know, so our communication pattern is just a sweet fellowship. Are you get what I'm saying? If we live in the spirit, we live by faith, then we must also live in prayers. That's why the Bible tells us pray without ceasing. If there is network congestion and you have to pray in schedules, that means we have to live in the spirit in schedules also. That means we have to live by faith in schedule. So you live by faith on the third hour, you live by faith on the sixth hour, you live by faith on the ninth hour. You live by faith on the on the uh, on the twelfth hour. You live by faith on the eighteenth hour. And live by faith on the twenty-fourth hour. Twenty-fourth hour. Aside these hours, what happens? You are living out of faith. Is that the way we are called to live our life as Christians? You live in the spirit on the third, four, tw- third, sixth, ninth, twelfth, eighteenth, and twenty-fourth hour. Aside that, you are living outside the spirit. Is that the way we are called to live? No. If we are to live in the spirit to all round, then we must also pray all round. Are we together? Praise God for And my brother, if you have to pray all round, you see, it makes you understand that you have a lot of things to pray about. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you cannot spend one so much time on one matter. Some of the time we think that we don't have so much to pray about. But if you look at the global, if you look at the world, 
You see that Christians, we have been so selfish. When we pray for us, me, my family, my wife, my children, myself, my blah, 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 and my all, and that's all. And when we are finished praying our personal personal prayer, for us, no other prayer to pray again. But if you look at what is happening in the world today, if you look at the, 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 the second coming of John, the Bible says, it says, this gospel shall go to the ends of the earth, to all over the earth, and then the, 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 the end shall come. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. We, have, we have a responsibility to see to the gospel going to every, all around the earth. And some of us may not be preachers. Some of us may not have the money to give, but we have the prayer to pray. If you don't have the preach, to, if you cannot preach, you preach. You cannot give the money. You have the prayer to pray. And whether you can preach or you can give the money, you must still be involved in the prayer. Our major task, the church now, is the prayer for the gospel to go around the world. That's our major task. We are just being the, uh, distracting ourselves with personalized issues. I'm not against personal issues. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm not against it. We all have an issue, and there are times where you have to press your issue because it looks like it's, it's overwhelming. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you see, that's now our major call to prayer. Our major call to prayer is to pray for the gospel of the Lord Jesus to be preached all around the earth. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the place of that's the prayer we are meant to pray. Pray that continuously. Are you getting what I'm saying? And if we pray that prayer, you pray it, you, you can just you, you, you there, there are many there are many aspects to that prayer. There are nations. How many nations do we have in the world? Are we together? I think we are about 200 nations, if not more. Yeah. yeah. If you want to pray for each nation, you have 24 hours in a day. You have not exhausted all the nation. If you use if you use okay, let's say make 60 minutes, make one hour. At least you can be able to exhaust a good number of nations. We are praying per, per minute for each nation. You get what I'm saying? And we need this, praise God, forevermore. And we have to Jesus. Now, so this is the reason why we need to understand that we must not pray in fear. We must not pray in doubt and unbelief. Why? Because our Father already knows what we are asking before we ask. Our Father answers us before we call. And while I are speaking, he hears us. Praise God forevermore. Amen. 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 All right. Now, um, I let, let us understand that their repetition which is talking too much, um, is the end result of fear and the end result of of humanity, so to speak. These are two areas we are not actually meant to pray. We are not meant to pray in fear. We are to pray in, in, in faith. You know what I'm saying? We are meant to, we are to pray in the love of God. You know what I'm saying? Because once we are praying in fear, that I don't believe they are the, the entrance of fear. But when we pray in the, in the center of God's love, in, uh, which is and in his faith, we discover that we we get our results. Amen to Jesus. Amen. We pray this love, faith is generated. That's as simple as that. Amen to Jesus. The next thing you need to understand is that we're not to pray in humanity. We're not to pray in humanity. The Bible says, if you live in the spirit, if you live in the spirit, I know some of these things. We say we are just we are just being too spiritual. See, we are being too physical. That's why the Christians are becoming the way they are. We have been too physical. They say, let's, let's physicalize it. Let's make it practical. The need to make things practical has made us over practicalizing and over water. We have watered the, water it down to the level that there's no spirituality in our Christianity again. And so we are not having messed up people called Christians. They're not all messed up everywhere. Compromises led us into taking the Bible to use it the way we want to use it. 
We use the Bible to, to fund our lust. And after funding our lust, we now use the Bible to support our lust. All because we are trying to make it practical. How about against being practical in your Christian life? Are you getting what I'm saying? But you see, when you are practical, it will show. If you are truly a practical Christian, it will show. You show. That's simple as that. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. So we've looked at um, praying in fear um, as a result of um, as the reason, first reason for um, using much words and very, which are very repetitions. The second reason is praying in the peak of humanity. Praying in humanity. Amen to Jesus. Amen. When we pray for one need or prayer point for long hours, it shows that we are burdened, we are that we are burdened, and so much in the flesh. It shows that we are heavily burdened. Our soul, and the Bible says, cast your burden upon him, and he cares for you. We are not to carry our body. We are to cast our bodies. Are you get what I'm saying? Prayer is a place, is a place of casting our bodies. But if you come to the place of prayer and you are still carrying burden, ah, what did you come to do, sir? Are you get what I'm saying? What did you actually come to do? You are meant to come and drop the body. Sometimes I know it's not easy to drop the body. Sometimes it, don't, it doesn't look possible to drop the body. But you see, you drop the body. You you buy it means you have to drop it. I get what I'm saying. You know, um, <laughs> um can I think it says something? Said there was a woman who met him once and said, you know, um, she's she worries, she worries a lot. And he said, uh, said she pray for I said, there's no prayer to pray for you. Say, what do you mean? Say, there's no prayer. He said, uh, say the solution to worry is cast your body, your cares at the feet of Jesus. He said, cast my cares. He said, yes. Say what do you mean? Say that's what I mean. Cast your case. Say what do you mean? Say cast your case. Say cast my case. Say yes, that's what you mean. Say what do you mean? He say cast your care and stop worrying. Say if it's for that one, she cannot stop worrying. See, there are people that when there's no reason to worry, they keep themselves a reason to worry. I get what I'm saying. Yes. When there's no reason to worry, they look for a reason to worry. They can how can you live life without being worried? That's the way they think. How can you live life with you just have to be worried? The proof that your life is that you're worried. And what is actually the waste of mental energies? Are you get what I'm saying? Yes. It's a waste of mental energy. Worry is is unproductive thinking. Is that just all? Are you get what I'm saying? Yes. You know, I'm saying that ah, for this one, there's nothing I can do to help you. So say yes, there's nothing I can do to help you because this one is only that can do by yourself. You have to cast your cares at the feet of Jesus, cast your bodies at the feet of Jesus, and stop worrying. And she says she cannot. So what will you do? Is that you can do again? If it's in our generation, people will start giving them different directions and give them different prayer points. But you see, some of the times we are giving ourselves headache the way we direct people because their solution is in their hands and they have come to give you the problem that they can solve. I get what I'm saying. And so you you don't know what it means to to be a wise person. So you begin to. Try to solve the problem that the solution is actually in the person's hand. And you just worry yourself for nothing. Amen to Jesus. He also said the story of a particular man who, the guy had a court case. They, they filed a, a, a case against him, you know, and said he came, the guy came to meet him and the guy was seriously troubled. He said he was troubled. He actually having the diarrhea. His whole worlds were disrupted because of the whole case. He started getting ill. So they're getting ill, and the team was telling on himself, and he came to meet Netanyahu. And he said, "The simple solution to this matter is cast your cares." 
He said, What do you mean? He said, That's as easy as I say. Just cast your cares at the feet of Jesus. So he cares for you. Just leave it for Jesus and say, I am carefree. I'm free of this care. I'm not going to bug my mind about it. I'm not going to worry my head about it. I am free of this care. The guy says, Ah, that's going to be difficult to say. Ah, ah. Which one is easier to continue with your world disruptions and your health disruptions because of all legal nonsense or to cast it? The guy said, Okay, he will manage and cast it. And he said he cares at the feet of Jesus. He said he's not going to be bothered about it again. He's just going to get it off his mind and just live his life trusting Jesus and enjoying his life. So at the end of the day, the people withdrew the case. They just withdrew the case. Well, they think everything is by binding and casting and losing. Um, the easiest way to get victory is by casting our cares at the feet of Jesus. Praise God forever. All right. And so back to that. When we come to the place of prayer, and we have to repeat one, one, one prayer point, one phrase, one sentence for long, repeating it. It's a vain repetition. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are we together? And it um, shows that we are too burdened. Are you getting me? And we are so much in the flesh. We are so much in the flesh. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, um, the actual fact is that when we are burdened and in the flesh, um, we have to begin to understand the way out of this. Praise God forevermore. Now, um, it's the, the first reason was fear. Are you getting what I'm saying? First reason is fear. And now the second reason, um, it's being burdened and being in the flesh. Um, we cannot uh, uh, totally say that the person is totally living in fear here. Are you getting what I'm saying? But there are times where the body just becomes so overwhelming in you and the, the flesh tries to raise its upper hands. You are not actually living in fear here. We are living... They are just viewing things from the flesh point of view and the body point of view. It becomes, you know, very difficult a situation. Now, if we do not receive comfort from God in this place of prayer, we can end up depressed. We can end up depressed. That people have come to the place of prayer and they are depressed after prayer. You pray and after prayer are depressed. Because, now this is not the situation of fear. Are you getting what I'm saying? Of fear. This is a situation of a burden. And the flesh are to speak. A burden and the flesh are to speak. Fear is a, is a, is a matter on its own. You get it? But when you are dealing with a burden and the flesh put together, I'm not talking about a burden. It's not only really neg- really negative burden. You can have a burden, a burden for your nation. Are you getting what I'm saying? A burden for your family that can get you, that can get you into the f- becoming so fleshy in the place of prayer. And if you're not careful, you become depressed. Yeah, you become depressed. You can pray for a family member to the point that the burden becomes so heavy and you now start praying in the flesh. And if you don't, if God does not comfort you, if he doesn't comfort you, your prayer will end up in depression instead of in, li- instead of in liberation. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is another aspect that, you see, it's another s- serious one. And more, some of the times, priests may not pray in fear, are you getting what I'm saying, to put vain repetitions, but they can pray in burden, with burdens and in the flesh. And at the end of it, they go into repeating themselves, are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. And saying too much words, are you getting me? If you are not careful, and at the end of the day, 
they may end up being depressed. <laughs> so I prayed on this matter for three years. And the end of the result of the prayer is depression. Because actually, you you are praying in the flesh and you are praying with a body. The body was in the flesh, not in the spirit. If you enter in the spirit, what will happen is that you cast the body like the feet of Jesus. You see, there, there was a matter I prayed on, I prayed on, I prayed on, I prayed on. At the point in time, I just left it. I left it. Then I saw I when it comes up, I just leave it. Because, you see, I said something, I said, I will never allow, I will never allow the devil prove a point that God does not hear and answer prayer. I will never allow it. So when the prayer starts becoming a burden that has become fleshy, I cast it at the feet of Jesus and I leave it alone. I leave it. I leave it. Because no matter what the devil does, God hears and answers prayers. He cannot prove my God wrong. So when he wants to allow, when he wants to be behind a burden, because at times when the burden is serving you, that the devil now knows that this is a burden, and what happens? He now comes to add some burdens to the burden. That's why when you are praying for the matter, you know that the matter will start escalating. You know that the matter will start becoming complicated. And then before you know, you start becoming human and physical. So much in your approach. And what the devil is trying to do is to get you into depression after prayer. Instead of into vibration. You let it. You just, you just need the benefit of Jesus. And leave it there. Whatever Jesus wants to do it, let him do it. If I prayed for one year, two years, and I'm not sure what I'm looking for. It means that he make it in beautiful in his time. He has his time. So let me leave it at his feet. After praying for one year, have I not, have I, have I not said what I have to say? In fact, in the first prayer, have I not said what I have to say? The, the prayer will not change another dimension. I said what I have to say. So what do I have, what do, I have to do? I have to trust him that he can handle it. And then I move on in my life trusting him. Are you get what I'm saying? Yes. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Living in the spirit prevents us from being burdened in the flesh. Living in the spirit prevents us from being what? Burdened in the flesh. That's why if we must understand prayer, we must understand living in the spirit. We must understand living by faith. And we must understand living in prayer, which is praying without ceasing. It's living in the spirit, living by faith that gives room for praying without ceasing. If we don't understand these things, we just be confusing the whole prayer ideology. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's living in the spirit that prevents us from being what? Burdened in the flesh. When we begin to get out of the spirit, we discover that the, 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 we become more aware of the bodies around us. And then the flesh begins to weigh us down. The Bible says, um, laying aside every weight and sin that easily beset us. And let's run these transmutations. Are you getting what I'm saying? It starts off with weight for the new for the child of God. Weight. Are you getting what I'm saying? Wait, because for the child of God, it's not sin that possesses us first. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's weight, burdens, burdens. They, they beset us so seriously. And what the burdens do is that they make us more flesh conscious. More flesh. They just make us start looking at life from the flesh point of view. We just become so sensual in our reasoning, in our way of approach towards life, in our way of everything. We just become over sensual. Burdens, weights. So the first thing we are told to do is what? Lay aside every word, wait. If wait is not lay aside, it will turn into depression. Depression will bring in sin. That's simple as that. So the weights are laid aside 
when you lay aside which we discover that sin will not be an issue that uh, to, to lay aside. Mm. Every sin that is besetting a, a child of God, check it. That sin finds its root from the weight. Mm. It may be a weight of unforgiveness. I get what I'm saying. Yes. It may be a weight of of what? Of guilt. Is a weight, and all of them find their roots to condemnation. I get what I'm saying. Lay aside the weight of condemnation, unforgiveness, uh, bitterness, blah, 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 all of them in this country. Just lay them aside. You don't need to pray and fast for the sin. It will go. It will go. I'm talking from experience. I'm talking from experience. Lay them aside. You will see that you'll be looking for the sin again. Say, Where is the sin? Why is it not coming up again? You will be going to say, Where are you? Where are you? The sin will say, When you laid aside the weight, what, what, the only thing that was giving me room to enter your life has gone now. Are we together? Yes. Praise God forevermore. Amen. Now we need to look at something here. Very important. When Jesus prayed on one prayer request for three hours in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was his humanity that prayed. It was not his spirit that prayed. Jesus was 100% humanity in that in Gethsemane there. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was not, it was not deity that was praying. It was humanity. The weight of, the weight of the cross became glaring to him as a human. Not afraid of death, but afraid of the separation for three days. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not afraid of death. Not sorry, no, not afraid of death. But he was not afraid of the separation of death. But he was not. He didn't want that separation for three days. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because of the weight of what humanity. So when he prayed one prayer request, they cannot say for three hours. It was humanity that prayed. That was why he asked the Father to take away the cup from him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because humanity does not want. That pain. He doesn't want that pain. He doesn't want it. Are you getting me? God the Father knew that Jesus would delve into depression if he continued. So what did he do? He sent an angel to confront him. Three hours. My son, we have no one prayer for three hours. Depression is knocking at the door. The Father knew that this he knew that Jesus was now at humanity at his peak. If I don't send comfort to him on time, what will happen? He will enter into depression. After three hours. No, I have to comfort. He, sh- he shouldn't continue this prayer. I get what I'm saying. In Luke chapter 22, verse 43 to 44, it says, Abba, um, if you look at Luke 23, verse 43 to 44, let's, let's read out, please. Luke 23, verse 43 to 44. Let's read it out. We'll see it very well there. And these things are very important for us so that we know how we pray. You understand what I'm saying? So that you don't end up taking yourself to the place of depression in the name of prayer. And you feel that you are doing something heavy and serious. 23. Yeah, 22, 22. 22. Okay. Verse 43 to 44. It says, And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, mm. strengthening him, mm. and being in an agony, mm. he prayed more earnestly, mm. and his sweat was... As it were, it drops of blood mm. falling down to the ground. Mm. See that? An angel came to what? To strengthen him. Yet he was still praying the prayer. But the angel had to come and strengthen him. Because the angel didn't come to strengthen That prayer would have ended up in what? Depression. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, Jesus prayed that kind of prayer for us. So we don't have to enter that realm of prayer again. He's the only one that prayed that sweat came out of his forehead. And blood, bloody sweat came out of his forehead. We don't need to pray. We don't need to pray for bloody sweat to come out of our forehead again. I get what I'm saying. He has done it for us. We don't need to do it. So when you see that one pressure, one weight, 
who wants to bring bloody sweat out of him? What do you do? Cast it to the one who has sweated blood for you, sir. Mm. I will not sweat blood for any matter. Amen. I refuse. Because Jesus has sweated blood for every matter. So I will not sweat for any matter, blood for any matter. Cast it at his feet. Don't get into humanity. Don't become, don't get into the flesh. And carry bodies and humanity in the place of prayer. Jesus did that for us. That's why he was made sinner. You get what I'm saying? He was, he, he prayed in the peak of humanity. Are you getting what I'm saying? For us, so we never have to pay in humanity again. He prayed in the peak of the flesh for us. So we never have to pay in the peak of the flesh. We never have to pay in the flesh again. He was messy, so we'll not, so we'll not be messy again. So we made the righteousness of God in him. He has done that for us. We're going to do it. No matter the body you think that you are carrying, he carried it on in the ceremony for you. So, go and lay it at his feet. Don't get into humanity. He prayed at the peak of humanity so you can live in the spirit. Yes, sir. Without break, without break in transmission. He prayed at the peak of humanity so that you can live by faith. Without break in transmission. He prayed at the peak of humanity so that you can pray without ceasing in the spirit. Don't enter that realm. It's not for you. Jesus has done it once and for all. He has finished it. Don't carry it. When the body wants to become a body in your, in your heart and wants to get into humanity for you to sweat blood, remember, he sweated blood for you. Don't sweat the blood. Go and give it to the one who sweated the blood. And carry on your life enjoying the Lord Jesus. Praising him, thanking him. When you don't even understand what is going on, just keep thanking him. And in no time, you will see the one who sweated blood for you settle the whole matter. Our Father knows what we need and what is best for us. It is best to know Yahweh as Abba. Doing this makes prayer sweatless. Rise up on your feet. We believe you were blessed listening to this teaching from God's Word. May your soul remain ever refreshed and revived. We would love to hear your praise report today. Beloved, remain connected to Grace Life Comey Podcast. Jesus is Lord. Now is your moment of salvation. If you are yet to make the Lord Jesus Christ, your Lord and personal Savior, we request that you say this prayer along with many others now. Say this words, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, I repent of my sins, and ask that you forgive my sins. I believe that you shed your blood on the cross, died for my sins, and rose again in the third day. Today, I invite you into my life today. Wash me by your blood, Make me your own, until eternity be my Lord and personal Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' precious name. For your love gift of any amount to Grace Life Kami Podcast, kindly use any of our giving channels available to give in dollars. You can send to Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. Account number 033-154-551-2013. Swift code M B G H G H A C to give in CDs. Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. You can send to account number 033-254-551-2017. To give in Naira, you can send to 
Ecobank Nigeria, account number 5541020592. Also, for further enquiries, you can call us on plus 233-54594-7132. Or, send us an email via ministry at gmail.com. Today, remain ever blessed. Thank you.